Hello and welcome back to History in 7. Today I want to talk about one of those might-have-beens in world history, the voyages of Zhang He. So the story is that the Yongle Emperor was the third Ming Dynasty ruler and uh, the one who moved China's capital from Nanjing to Beijing and ordered the construction of the Forbidden City. One of Yongle's most trusted subordinates was the eunuch Admiral Zhang He, who lived from 1371 to 1433. Uh, Zhang He was the son of a Muslim soldier for, from southwestern China. At the age of 10, uh, Zhang He had been captured and castrated and sent to serve the prince, Zhu Di, in Dadu. So educated in the prince's household, Zhang He became a loyal soldier and later a general. Zhang He actually helped Zhu Di depose his nephew and take control of the empire. He was the fourth son of the previous emperor and had been passed over. The new Yongle emperor appointed Zhang He admiral of his fleet and sent him on seven expeditions between 1405 and 1430. Zhang He's first expedition left China in July 1405 with 62 large ships and over 200 smaller ships, filled with 28,000 soldiers. The largest of these, called treasure ships, were 425 feet long and 171 feet wide. So they were over six times the length and almost three times wider than the length of the 65-foot ships, the caravels that the Portuguese were using, and that Columbus, sailing for the Spanish, would use on his voyage across the Atlantic nearly a century later. China's four-decked, 1,500-ton flagships had shallow drafts to allow them to navigate in river estuaries, and they had watertight bulkheads dividing the holes to protect them from sinking. Their nine masts were up to 200 feet tall and were fitted with rattan sails. Zhang He's fleet was not tasked with establishing colonies, but with projecting Chinese authority and exacting tribute throughout South Asia and then ultimately beyond. Uh, the fleet brought rich gifts of silk to cooperative foreign rulers and returned to China with ivory, spices, ointments, exotic woods, giraffes, zebras, and ostriches. Uh, often, when local leaders like the king of Sri Lanka seemed unwilling to submit, Zhang He seized them and brought them back to Beijing, where they could be convinced of the overwhelming power of the Chinese empire and given the opportunity to kowtow. Among the places that Zhang He visited were Bangkok, Java, Malacca, Burma, the east coast and the west coast of India, and from there he sailed on to Hormuz in the Persian Gulf, Jeddah in the Red Sea, Mogadishu and Mombasa on the east coast of Africa. 95 delegations from Southeast Asia and other more distant nations reached the Yongle Emperor's court during his 22-year reign, and he established a college of translators to handle all the correspondence that he received from these foreign contacts. Zhang He's seven expeditions exacted tribute from many neighboring nations, and Yongle trusted him so completely that he actually sent Zhang He out with blank scrolls carrying his imperial seal on them to use in whatever way he chose. China's interest in the outside world has always been at odds with its concern about its interior, and especially 
about its borders. The Yongle emperor actually died in 1424 fighting the Mongols in the north. His son and his grandson inherited the throne, and Zhang He's expeditions gradually became less of a priority. After a final voyage in 1433, the expeditions were halted and the fleet was retired and ultimately burned. Ending China's navy was one of those decisions that the fate of the world probably hinged on. What would today be like if China had continued its contact with the rest of the world? The burning of the Chinese fleet also left a power vacuum in the South China Sea which in the 16th century was filled by Japanese and Chinese coastal pirates, and later by the Portuguese and the Dutch. Finally, shortly after um, Yongle and Zheng He's deaths, China was challenged from the north yet again. Sixteen years after Zheng He's uh, final expedition, Yongle's great-grandson, the sixth Ming emperor, was captured and actually held hostage by Mongol raiders in 1449. Uh, China's response to this included the building of the Great Wall in its current form. For many centuries, the voyages of Zhang He were not featured in histories of China, even in China itself. As historians have rediscovered these expeditions, the superiority of Chinese naval technology has challenged the belief that Western nations were the first to establish serious maritime power. Uh, one of the most interesting questions about Zhang He's voyages is, why did they end? China did not establish offshore colonies, perhaps partly because there was so much territory available on the empire's northern and western frontiers, and the empire's immense population already provided the best possible market for its commerce. And any international trade that may have interested China was already finding its way to the empire without much effort on China's part. And unlike European kings, the Ming emperors were not that interested in evangelizing Confucianism or Buddhism to the rest of the world. Uh, the Spanish and Portuguese in particular wanted to convert the world to Catholic Christianity, which became not only a goal but a justification for conquest and colonization. That's a topic for another time, whether it was a reason or a justification. But that's all for now. So I hope you found this interesting. Thanks for listening. I'll see you again next time.